I'd like to share a revelation that I've had. Let me tell you why you're here. I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. Being the one is just like being in love. All I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. No one can tell you you're in love, you just know it. Through and through. You hear that, Mr. Anderson? That is the sound of inevitability. My name is Neil. My name is Trinity, and you better take your hands off of me. Welcome. Welcome back to the Matrix Reclamations, the podcast. Where we this is a bold, this is a bold new intro format. Captain's Lock podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to Star Trekking. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's our, that's our next that's our next series after we get done with the Matrix. Yeah, Just yeah. All of Star Trek. It'll take us. It'll take us forty years. Only a human mind could invent something as insipid as podcasts. Uh, There's... uh, Can you feel it, Mr. Anderson? Podcasting in on you? Yes. Oh, God. There's so many good Smith quotes in this movie. I fucking love this movie. This should have been called Smith the Movie. I think Matrix (laughs) Revolutions is actually a very poor title. It's it's funny because he's not really in that much of it. Yeah, I guess comparatively, yeah. But like, I mean, he's a lot bigger. He's like the ham has finally broken through. Like this is yeah. a well slow burned ham. Like, uh, uh, ham, um, yeah. with culminating in like the greatest evil laugh of all time. Yeah. Um, it's just it's only halfway through. It's just the. It's just the best. But yeah, he's only in like two minutes in the middle of it. And then he's in the last like 10. And it's like, yeah. and that's it. We're here this to talk about Smith- the Matrix Revolutions. Uh, it's a film from 2003, much like most of the rest of the Matrix franchise. <laughs> um, God. You said that last episode and it really depressed me. And I'm like, oh, my God. I don't know. I think it's more impressive. I, well, considering I was, was in junior year. year of high school when all of this came out, like, well, and then senior year of high school, it was just so surreal for me having that revelation. It's, it's been 20 years. Oh, no. Yeah. So, but that's yeah. my own bullshit. That's my own aging bullshit. Uh, it'll okay. happen to you. Be, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Was what? What's your uh, your history with with this one in the in the series? I think we kind of alluded to it before, but well, I it's it. My love of the Matrix got worse in senior year of high school, as you recall. I I watched uh, the movie with my friends uh, in in Reloaded in May of two thousand three, and turned to my friends afterwards, all excited, and it's like that was awesome. And literally, all of my friends were that was awful. So it was yeah. a lot of arm twisting to get them to go back to the theater opening weekend, November 5th, uh, uh, 2003. 
Um, yeah. Because they were all just that's angry. Not, it's like, we're going to... That's not too bad of a gap, right? Six months? Yeah. I mean, that's a quick turnaround. That's a, a little bit faster than I think... Uh, I'd have to look that up, actually. Is that faster or, or slower than Back to the Future 2 and 3? Can't remember now. Huh. Either way. I'm pretty sure those are from different years. Uh, yeah, that would make sense. Whatever. But we'll we'll get was, to that. It might not. Yeah. Hmm, that's a good, I, I think it was the same time of two different years, if I'm correct. That would make sense. Uh, we are going to talk about yeah, Lego the, sequels and second movies. Yeah. So. Only six months for a, a cliffhanger that honestly... I don't feel like, like, I feel like you could have waited a year or longer. Like, it's not like, it's not like, oh my God, I need to know what happens next, you know? I mean, also considering, like, the the gap between the types of movies that Back to the Future 2 and 3 are. 2 is very much a movie about time travel and 3 is a Western. Apparently it was also six months. Huh. Weird. Okay. Well, quicker turnaround yeah. than Lord of the Rings, anyway. Yeah, for Star Wars, you know. <laughs> oh god, well, Star Star Wars is its own thing that I will get very angry about if we if we talk about too much. Well, that's um, see, that's what being a Star Wars fan is. I mean, uh, yeah. No, but but I, only I, I like uh, it the right way. Right. I I just I mean I know we talked about it last time, but. You know, the where we left off in Reloaded feels a little tacked on, like just does not really I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, rough. you end on a shot of an upside down shot of a guy that you don't really know recognize as That's... that guy that you're supposed to be worried about, like Oh god. I think when I rewatched these movies with my dad two years ago, I'm pretty sure his note on Reloaded was, Who the fuck was that guy? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like and yeah, yeah. It, it's I, a, like, I love my dad strokes, very much, but yeah. these were not his movies. The broad strokes of Revolutions for me, I think, is that the third actiness of this film never really stops. This is the one that feels the least like a story that can stand on its own. I think Reloaded oh, yeah, absolutely. is technically part one of the story, but it's that that's still that is still a complete story. It's about finding the source and, and going in and figuring out what what Neil's yeah. whole deal is. And that's a complete story that just happens to have a cliffhanger ending and a through line of right. the, the sentinels are drilling and, and this is what's going to happen. And then Revolutions is entirely payoff. And yeah, it's like it's like the third act of a single movie yeah, extended to a movie length. Yeah, yeah. Reloaded had its own internal payoffs, but like Revolutions doesn't have any of its own setups, really. Um, exactly. Which has not stopped this movie from being my favorite of the three. So uh, there, there are there are a few, but I think they're too subtle to really call them like story. I was. Um... Like just speaking on my own personal history with this movie, I was. I went so deep on the mate. Like I was a vaguely casual fan going into reloaded. I emerged a super fan and I went hard on the matrix for the next six months. So like I walked out of this movie, 
revolutions in November, like, that was the greatest thing of all time. We immediately toddled down the mall uh, uh, passageway to the FYE, where I picked up a copy of the soundtrack. Um, I mean, we'll put it this way. Your, the text tone that you have on your phone for me is the end credit Oh, gosh. Uh, here, yeah, hang on. The... Yeah, here. Hey, you want me to text <laughs> no, you? So you I'm going to just... edit in Stinger's. No, no, I'm going to edit in Stinger's. I've already got that as an audio file separate. But gotcha. yeah. You might as well, that might as well be the Maya. cold open. That might as well be the cold open. I don't want to, like, punish our listeners. <laughs> well, they, they clicked well, on something that said The Matrix Revolutions. They know what they're getting. I mean, that that is fair. We can play it like a jump scare. Um. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, if, no, you, if think, you've gotten uh, this far in the episode, thanks, and I'm sorry. Congratulations! <laughs> Surprised to see us. God Almighty! I um, I, I think, think it's really that. I probably yeah. Oh no! Sorry. There's a uh, bit of I a probably, lag thanks to the the, the recording setup. Yeah. I'm not sure what that is. As far as my history with it, I'm pretty sure I just watched this for the first time around the same time that I watched Reloaded for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. And it that was easily my least favorite. Like, easily I did not <laughs> like this. I came away. This was the one Reloaded the first time I was like, that was half good. And then this one, I'm like, that was that was not very good at all. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I was so taken by... <sighs> Just how boring a lot of it. God, that's wonderful. And how there, are, there are there's bits in it that are some of the most interesting things that they do in the series. This is, I still felt that way at the time, but at the time I, I felt like it was just so drowned out by all of the kind of nothing that that happens. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a whole I, lot of nothing viewings, in this movie. Subsequent viewings, uh, you know, I think the second time was with you. And that time I, I came away a little bit more positive on it. Still, I, I just couldn't couldn't get into it's, it. Have I Stockholm Syndrome to this movie for you? Like, you watched know, it with me that, and like, I'm just like so apeshit enthusiastic for it. But there are acquired tastes. Like, I mean, I've been called an acquired taste, so I get it. faster than other people. Like, I mean, that is fair. Like, uh, uh, if you're familiar with that uh, uh, Emo Phillips joke where the two people are talking and they're going down the list of like, yes, oh, I'm this type of Christian. Oh, I'm the same thing. I go to this church. Oh, Oh, I go to this. And then further and further down the line until you get to like, no, second century reformed Protestant. It's like, die, heathen. It's like, that is our third century reformed Protestant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty uh, much it. Um, but no, and then this time I watched it for the podcast uh, with my friend Nyla, who was also who watched it for the first time with me. I was like, okay, you know, just kind of talking about that infamous middle, really. It was that middle unbroken 45 minutes of robot battle with characters that you don't really care about at all. And that killed the movie for me previously. But this time I can... I can let that slide because Nyla was just saying, like, well, it's cool, right? Like, I was like, <laughs> yeah, it is. You know what? It is cool. Uh, and I think it's that, that goes a long way. I took that. I took the coolness of it for granted because it's the Wachowskis. But I think 
when you really step back and look at it in context of other uh you know sci-fi action it's 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 really cool um uh, it does not you know it feels perfectly matrix the the look know? of this movie is something that i've always been an absolute sucker for um i mean i think i've mentioned like the aesthetics of the big apu mech robot gun suits i'm just yeah, they, they get in the uh, the getaway from her, you bitch machines from Aliens. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, hey, another one of my favorite sci-fi movies is Aliens. So, of course, I'm predisposed to like these weird fucking mech suits. Only now they've got giant, crazy machine guns that have the most interesting reload mechanics I've ever seen. Yeah. Hey, Trinity, uh, you ever get mistaken for a man? No, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. That's rough. Um, fucking Vasquez. Uh, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's like fucking, it's um, Squid War versus APU mech suits. It's awesome. Squid War is my favorite SpongeBob character. <laughs> um, I think. Oh, God. Start, the first thing, the first thing that oh. I notice about this movie every time I watch it. And it's the first note I have on my list of notes is hot doctor. Oh, great. <laughs> the, the, Wait, the one more time. What's is, your, what's your, it's hot doctor. Oh. <laughs> of course. The doctor who operates on, who is, who is overseeing Neo and Bane as they're in their comas is so fine. Um, so, so queer and so fine. Like she's got like I a mean, short cut and she's so cute. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I I can't disagree. Like this, this movie was made by two uh, 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 questionably closeted trans uh, women who I think are also married to women. I think so. Like, yeah, we like the lesbians yeah. around here. God yeah. Almighty! Then, All right, uh, who played? Uh... Yeah, who played? I don't even know the character's name. Nope. Let me. Uh, it's I'm on IMDb. Uh, the character's name is Maggie because all of the characters in this ship, the Mjolnir, are named after types of guns. Uh, played by an actress, uh, I, was about, Essie Davis. I was about to say, wait, that sounds like a normal name for the Matrix. I was like, oh, it's a gun. <laughs> thing. Got it. Uh, no, I uh, like. There, is there the a captain's Tommy? name is Roland. Uh, there is an AK. There is nah, a. I think there, should be, there, yeah, should be a there should be a Tommy, and he should talk like a mobster. God, that would be so great. Like, that would be the other ship for, like, uh, um, our cosplay-themed Matrix ships, right? Like, there's the He's 30s just played gangsters. by, yes, yeah. I think Tommy, the, the guy on the gun ship, gun-themed name ship, Tommy would be played by uh, Joey Pants from the first movie, but, like, in a fake mustache, so you don't realize it's the same actor. Oh, my God. Jo that would be perfect, yes, absolutely. I'm entirely down for that. Uh, like, actress yeah, named Sentinels and author. You could be. <laughs> um, so, uh, Essie Davis, if you're looking for pictures of her online, hot doctor from the matrix, uh, revolutions was also in the Babadook apparently. Ah. And the Assassin's Creed movie. That's exciting. Yeah. That is exciting. Right. But yes. Um, there is there. I missed a note the last time that I had is just by way of explanation, um, because I realized it was absent in the opening frames of this movie. 
in the opening frame oh. of the Matrix Revolutions, it's Warner Brothers, the Big Shield, a Time Warner company. Mm-hmm. But on the Matrix Reloaded, and obviously it wouldn't be on the Matrix because that came out in 1999, but in Reloaded, it's Warner Brothers and AOL Time Warner Company, which is why I <laughs> use the AOL sound clips in the oh. theme songs to this show, because Warner Brothers needs to remember its mistakes. God damn it. That's so Matrix of them. <laughs> oh wow so we were, i know we were just talking about the get away from her you bitch machines but apparently mm-hmm. uh Essie davis is set to uh appear in an upcoming uh alien series oh shit oh my god it's all connected that's amazing yeah, yeah. i have no idea what that's going to be but i'm fucking down apparently for like a, a series of 70 aliens years 70 years before the first uh, film stop making prequels Ah! Why do we keep making prequels? Why do we keep making prequels? I'm so fucking sick of prequels. Anyway, see, well, we have we have a pretty good sequel here. Well, pretty good. We have a good, we have a decent sequel here uh, to get to. My other uh, immediate uh, horny note, though, I will say, definitely not as horny as uh, not as horny as Reloaded as a whole, but. Oh, we do yes, get just right, yes. straight up, straight up a BDSM club, straight up a kink club. <laughs> in, in, in they get all of the horny that. out of the way early. Yes. Yeah, most of it. Um, and then yeah, it's so it's 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 we set up that Neo, uh, they're scanning Neo's brain and he's giving off brain waves that are similar to those who are plugged into the Matrix, even though he's not plugged in. And then we see that he's in. Uh, what Dope. is this the station called? Uh, the ship they are in is called the Mjolnir, but oh, nobody can no, pronounce I mean the, Mjolnir in 2003. When he wakes oh, up. Oh, Mobile wakes. Avenue. My apologies. Mobile Avenue. When you rearrange the letters, <laughs> what do you get? <laughs> this is, this is the beginning of the end of subtlety for the Wachowskis. Like, I, they never had it. I mean, by the time I you mean, get to say uh, uh, Resurrections, where they just kind of... <sighs> yeah, yeah, they lay it on pretty thick in some cases, don't they? Uh, c- considering how deep I am typically in this movie, it's like, I I forget most people don't know it to that level, or what level people know this movie to, so... Yeah. This is yeah. the one so that wakes most up people and, uh, I know has not seen. So, th- Wait, so they've seen Reloaded and not this? So many people I know that were like my age in 2003 saw Reloaded, thought it sucked, and never went back. So, I think that really speaks to how weak that cliffhanger is, because I feel like even if... Oh, yeah. If, even if you didn't care for it, there, a lot of times in stories, it's like, well, I just want to see how it plays out. I mean, that's how we all felt about uh, Star Wars sequels, right? So... I mean, yeah. Ugh. Um, so we're he wakes up all in, of the toxic this limbo, this, this limbo subway station. Oh um, my god! Yes, and he he wakes up to find this this little girl staring down creepily at him, uh, and her name is Sati, and she is oh god, just the, the creepiest, sweetest little girl. Yeah, I mean, honestly only creepy for that one part. I think after that, she's she's a normal kid. Um, but it's also that doesn't like she already know his name. 
Yeah, yeah. Everybody already knows who he is. So, yeah. And by everybody, I mean Sati knows him. Uh, her dad, who is also in the uh, train station with her, and also her mom. And I have to say, Ramakandra, Sati's dad, is probably my favorite character in all of the Matrix. Uh, I love, I love that him. for you. Please say more. Please explain your niche <laughs> favorite character. Okay. So what is okay. he? He's a power plant systems operator. Okay. I, I, this, I, I actually had to take notes for this uh, episode uh, for the first time, even because I have all of this information usually on tap. But the Matrix yeah. Wikipedia is garbage for Ramakandra. Justice for Ramakandra. On the Matrix Wikipedia, it has his name. It has, his, it has his picture. He's a cutie. And it has his purpose listed as not occupation. On the Matrix Wikipedia, it's purpose. Well, because it's purpose that hope, drives it's, us. It's purpose that drives us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. But it lists his purpose as none. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> so, I mean, so that, I had to. I... I don't think he's without purpose. Yeah, yeah, that's rude to Ramakandra, my dude. Um, he's a family man. He's, that's his whole thing. He is a power plant systems manager for recycling operations. Now, I love that for him for many reasons. So part of why I love Ramakandra is because he, his his purpose in this scene, before we get too far down this rabbit hole, is that him and his wife, who I did not write her job title down, but he is she like... Was, she's like an app designer or something. Yeah, she's, she's like software creative. engineer yeah. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But... Um, she makes uh, Candy Crush. Uh, <laughs> um, but Ramakandra specifically and his wife, two programs living in the Matrix, have fallen in love together and had a child. And now the purpose of this happy programmally. It's <laughs> oh god, <laughs> terrible programmally. Dynamic, baby. Ugh. 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 Oh, that one didn't Ugh. taste good. No, it's got a bad mouthfeel. Um, <laughs> bad mouthfeel. Um, but the purpose in this scene is that Sati is a program without purpose, and without purpose in the Matrix is bad. And the choice yeah. that she has is to either go to return to the source and then just be deleted, probably, because she has no purpose. Or uh, the parents, the second choice, the parents have decided to uh, turn her into a renegade program. And the only way to do that is to go through the Merovingian, who can get her onto the black market with like the Oracle and Smith and Seraph and yeah, I mean the way yeah. I imagine it is that is that Ramakandra and his wife they kind of live behind they live behind the scenes, right? Like they live in like the back rooms where the, the architect would be. Right. right? Their kind of their middle management for the matrix itself. And what Whereas we are they're seeing... trying to send their daughter they're trying to send their daughter out into the matrix where like the people live. Right, exactly. So what we are seeing in this scene is like the mental matrix projections into human figures of just 
programs. That's what we're seeing when we yeah. see the Oracle, the Architect, etc. Et I'm, I'm the license wizard. I, I I pop up when you open a new program for the first right, time. Right, right, exactly. The key maker. Um, I'm the terms and conditions. Everybody <laughs> ignores me. <laughs> I also, um, so can I assume that, what is it, power plant for recycling? Power plant, uh, let me pull it up because uh, I want to respect the job title. Power plant systems manager for recycling operations. And that has okay, its so own down. horrifying and fascinating revelations in and of itself. So what's yes, your because question? Power plant, Sorry? Would imply, power plant would imply it's the 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 bank of humans that are the power plant. Right, exactly. And recycling, I imagine, would refer to they puree the dead to feed it intravenously into the living, right? Right, exactly. I can't think of, I had this revelation a while back and I can't think of any other options that are less horrifying because like, what else do the machines have that, up that need in the recycling? First movie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And fed back to the living we see the the and liquefied it makes it, dead it, it makes it being, thematically uh, fit that that he decides to stop that cycle and have a child of his own in a in this loving way rather than this this well, fucked up uh cycle that's of like kind dead of the living that's kind of where it gets worse because you and i are living in the present and we've both seen resurrections and we know that later on down the line Ramakandra, who is again just a systems manager at recycling operations. He's middle management. Sometime between Reloaded and Resurrections, he gets a promotion and designs the Anomalium, the custom horror pods that Neo and Trinity are kept in in the distant future of this story. So he didn't retire until after that so he had a kid right, yeah. and then went back to work so he's gonna go back to work and designed more one fucked last up shit job. yeah so like part of why i love ramakandra is because he's uh, uh really almost the first true inkling that there are just people on the other side of this war people who aren't yeah. fighting in the war who just have day jobs they were there and, and, and they have no say in it. They were literally programmed to do. What yeah, they were exactly. Doing. And and they have made their peace with their role in life and they are in love with it, which is its own thing. Machines can love. And uh, uh, they had a fucking child. I'm talking a big game about putting karma into the world. And then, you know, oh my God. Comes up, he's like, well, all right, that's all. That's... All right, buddy, let me let me get you to design me two torture chambers. And he's like, yeah, that, that'll give me good karma. Yeah, exactly. It's just it, everything about Ramakandra from a science fiction standpoint delights and fascinates me to no fucking end. And it's also the the, kind of the that... first time, well, not, maybe not the first time, but it's a major time where I guess it's not really a religious outlook, but it's a philosophical outlook that is not uh, based in Christianity or, or you know. European yeah, exactly. Like religion of philosophy. Part of why I truly love the sequels more than the first movie is because it delved into all of the other weirder belief systems. I mean, we're going to get to it, but this the, I don't know the, about the, weirder, but but non uh, 
you know. Did I say weirder? Yeah, my apologies. There's my fucking uh, uh, Quaker upbringing. Uh, you know, uh, they're all you. they're all pretty weird. They're all I think they're all the same amount of weird. You take a but step they, back. But some I'm are like, some are treated yeah. like they're normal when they're when it's the world That's, does not revolve around them. God, yeah, I'm I'm literally a trans woman on a podcast talking about the Matrix breaking preconceived cycles, and there's me falling for the old goddamn trap again. Um, well, there we son go. of hey. a bitch. We we free minds. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, you're, you're getting into like the non Abrahamic religions finally. Um, I mean the, the tail end of this movie, the, the language in the soundtrack is in Sanskrit, uh, taken from Mm -hmm. the, uh, the Hindu, uh, Upanishads, which we're going to get to. That's another major reason I love this fucking movie, the fucking soundtrack. Um, but, uh, uh... uh, they they bring back a bit of that reloaded charm in that. Uh, well, you see, we're trying to do this thing, and in order to do that thing, we got to talk to this guy and do this thing, and he works for this guy. And in this yeah, case, very... they have to get Sati onto the train uh, because they have an agreement with the train man, and the train man works for the Merovingian, who is the guy who can make her a renegade program. Uh, and that leads us into the the part of this opening that I find way more interesting and engaging, which is Trinity. Uh, Seraph, the the Oracle's uh, sidekick, and Morpheus breaking into the Merovingian's kink club in order to <laughs> save Neo. Well, first they go to the Oracle, and the Oracle has a new face because, unfortunately, uh, the actress from uh, the first two movies has passed at this point. Um, yeah, and it's an inter- and it's a rare case of of the plot writing that into it of, of an yeah changing. yeah um it's sh- I, sh- I don't think we mentioned in the the first recaps but she's played like gloria foster in uh one and two and mary alice in this one here um and they both knock it out of the park i mean it's so hard to beat gloria foster for the energy that she, she brings to that like a wildly different person yeah, um, if I'm remembering correctly, Griffin Newman from Blank Check, his take on that was, like, they should have cast, like, an entirely different actor with entirely different energy. Like, his take was, like, hire a 12-year-old Japanese boy or something like that, so... Right, I, I was actually thinking, like, you could just do, like, her, like, imagine her but younger cast someone like that, like, because they yeah. rebooted her, essentially, is what they say, right? Essentially, that, that she was yeah. Caught- was caught aiding the enemy and she was punished and she had to you know the architect basically punished her for uh yeah yeah they they oh god the implications about robot like society and and uh uh uh, uh development is just fascinating to me um well it's I, they we built them so it's like i learned it by watching you <laughs> god ain't that the truth yeah um i mean I'm, I'm so excited to talk about just ai in general like the asimov concept and then you've got like ai battle. Yeah. you mean artificial, artificial intelligence? intelligence uh we should watch ai artificial intelligence uh, wow my mouth just got away from me there 
<laughs> it's late and yeah. I'm pretty high for this. Uh, it's, how is I that any different than any other time? Um, yeah. God almighty, this fucking movie. Um, <laughs> where were we? Ramachandra uh, they were Oracle. Saving... Yes, yeah. Yes, so they gotta go to the Oracle, then who tells them to go to the Merovingian to get the train man. So they try and chase the train man, where we get a bunch of uh, product placement advertisement billboards for Samsung, Tasty Wheat, Powerade. Um, yes. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. A lot of fun movie tie-ins with this. Um, I love that he has like a million watches, the train man. <laughs> God, I love that, right? He's such a good scuzzball character, too. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, and uh. I, I, although he does have a pretty raw line that's uh down here i'm god oh yeah no he owns that line for all it's worth like he like got that line Wait, and he's if like you've oh, never yeah. been on public transit the public transit workers really are like that <laughs> um so then they gotta go to the merovingians nightclub which is underground and it's called hell because of course at this point we've abandoned all pretenses <laughs> of subtlety. Um, well, the Merovingians, his friends are the Monster Mash, so that they that makes are. Sense. They are. God, well, they were. Most of them died. Although, I was did they really ever hoping, kill the ghost like, throwing the. I I don't think we ever like, we never saw a body, but at least they were like disabled for the rest of that fight. I yeah, guess they were involved in some explosion or something. Ugh, yeah. Um, but yeah, then they have another like great line, which is, uh, there's going to be a girl for coat check, and uh, if we're lucky, only one man checking weapons. What if we're unlucky? There will be many men. <laughs> it's a good line. And Seraph is doing, like, the most interesting check on his guns that I've ever seen, where he's, like, cocking them with single hands. It's like, oh, interesting. And yeah. then we have a fairly uninteresting yeah. fight scene. No, I disagree. I think well, I think oh, it starts really? off with a bang. I think it starts off with that poor that poor Kojak girl just going, "Oh my god!" And then oh, mercifully, they they just shove her into the elevator. They don't actually kill her, which is uncharacteristically merciful of them because that that scene where they break into the lobby in the first movie, they do not take prisoners. They really don't. But then again, I guess in that scene, everyone there was armed. Um. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I actually thought that fight scene uh, in the weapons check room was, was actually really cool because it's they go on the ceiling and all that. I thought that was pretty visually yeah, interesting. Yeah, like, I like that as an idea. I just don't think they go that far with it. They don't... I, nah, I but it's, like it's quick enough. I think it's quick enough. It. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And then we get all that get a good really old... interesting, uh, you know, kink stuff happening in the uh, Oh, my God. Room. The nipple tweaking. The lighting is really the cool. The harnesses, yeah, the spankings, oh, God. yeah. It's all going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get two iconic and, uh, lines from Trinity, which are, uh, one is, I don't have time for this shit, which later in the movie I will start to agree with her. And then we yeah. have Trinity calling the Merovingian Merv which is going to come up again in uh, the fourth movie. And I oh, love God, that you're stupid right. nickname. That's miserable. I love it. Yes. It's going to um, be Merv. Yeah, because the, the, 
the, the Merovingian tries to send them on like another fetch quest for the eyes of the Oracle. And yeah. he's like lording it over to them. And then they have a really awesome kick-ass tight little choreographed, uh, um, uh, everybody's grabbing guns off of everybody else little fist fight yes. sequence that ends in a Mexican standoff with like 20 guns. Everybody's like got guns to everybody else's head. Yeah. Oh, I, God, I, also do, I do love the rebuke of the, the fetch questness of uh, Reloaded. I'm just like, well, if you're going to, uh, if you want to save your friend, uh, you should bring me. No, nah, no, nah, fuck that. I'm just going to shoot you dead. Yes, yes. Very I'm like, going to yeah, catch a gun out of the, midair. Give me the broom of the Wicked Witch. Oh, God. It it rules. Yeah. So, yeah, that immediately gets uh, Neo picked up from the train station. Yep. Uh, which I, I do love when he tries to run through the, the train tunnel and ends up on the other side. It's that, so goofy. That's such a great fucking visual gag. I love that. Um... And then he also tries to begin meditating to figure out a, big, a way out of there. And he imagines uh, three looks like power lines. We get a very brief glimpse of that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then Trinity picks him up. They make out. As they should. As they should. Uh, As they don't do enough in this movie. They really don't. They really don't. Um, I mean, again, they're also so religiously, fanatically devoted to the sunglasses. I feel like we could pop the sure. shades off a little more often in these sequences to get some emotion to play through. It's not as bad in this one, I will say. It's not as bad in this one as it is in real life. It's because there's not as much Matrix stuff in this movie. Like, Yeah, that's true. And Neo actually, yeah, very rarely goes into the Matrix in this one. Right, exactly. Like the the opening sequence when when Morpheus meet, uh, meets up with the Oracle again for the first time, it's the first time I think we've seen them truly interact. Morpheus and York, he's got yeah. the sunglasses. Is that the yeah. first time? Yeah, it is the first time we've seen yeah, them interact. Yeah. And he keeps the shades on the whole time, even though he popped them off briefly in the Same waiting with, room with last Trinity, time. I think right. Isn't it the first time we see anybody other than Neo and Seraph interact with the Oracle? Oh, if I'm remembering correctly, we get to see Niobe and Ghost interact with the Oracle in Enter the Matrix, the video okay, game in 2003. Okay. Technicalities, technicalities. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, uh, uh, for the populist audiences, yes, this yeah. is the first time. And the sunglasses stay on. Populist and audiences, like... and yet you said none of your friends watched this one. <laughs> I had to twist arms to get my friends to go with me to the theaters. They saw it yeah. once and never again. Um... <sighs> Then there's a lot of stuff that happens that I don't remember um, until until we see Smith again. Yeah. Okay. So let's. This is this episode's going to be wicked short compared to our previous two episodes because there's not as much to recap because so goddamn much of this movie is fight sequence. Um, yeah. So, we're talking about fight sequences that are about to happen. Yeah, exactly. So we get the next sequence is uh, Neo meets up with the Oracle again, and she has some cryptic horse shit for him, uh, which is my favorite. Everything that has a beginning has an end. 
which mm-hmm. is uh, 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 the line used in the poster for this movie, which yep. I got to say. Set up for later. Set up for later, too. And it's a set up for later. Um, but this movie had several bad posters, but it had one incredible one, which is of the line Matrix Rain Digital Code falling, and then a line of code saying everything that has a beginning has an end and it's lighting up and it's lit up the floor, the literal end of where the code can fall to. So yeah, I mean, uh, that's pretty cool. What what are the bad posters? then? The bad posters are just like, Oh, it's an APU, but it's got the digital rain on it. Oh, it's a bunch of agent Smith's, but it's got the digital rain on it. Oh, it's a concerned looking Neo and, or a concerned looking Morpheus and Trinity. And they've yeah. got the rain code. It's like, it's not I think that it's, I think it's false advertising to put Morpheus on the poster for this movie. Remember in the previous kind movies when Morpheus did stuff? Uh, none of that. Oh, Morpheus, poor Lawrence Fishburne. He's given nothing to do here. He's it's... given nothing to do, and it sucks because what I realized last time about Reloaded that I actually have come to love is that it totally by the end his character is completely turned on his head because neo the last thing in that movie is neo telling him prophecy's bullshit prophecy's made up i'm not the one yeah he or gets there like several, like there have been several ones before he, and they've all been defeated like it's 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 not it's not what you think it is and he has this crisis of faith that they could have explored and developed and gotten him to you know learn to believe in himself rather than just in neo and yeah, he doesn't do anything. He really does not do anything. He really doesn't. He he the the only real acting he does in this movie is like towards the very end uh when he puts the gun down as the machines are waiting on the right. the And I mean he Smith has fight. his he has his little moments with Niobe, I guess, which is paying off um uh, reloaded, but it's just it's not it's not it it, it doesn't it doesn't befit the the character who the entire first movie's climax is all about rescuing because we've come to love him so much. And then, and this movie, the climax of the trilogy doesn't really give him anything. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. Um, especially, I guess his next and final best performance as Morpheus was in that, uh, commercial. What? Like, yeah. In 2015. Yeah. Yeah. God, that that's frustrating. Whatever, he's he's in three of the four John Wicks, and he fucking rules in those. Fair enough. Um, um, th- there's a lot of arguing but, uh, about ships. There's a lot of arguing about how many ships uh, to take and leave behind and uh, who goes in what ship. It's like planning a carpool, like yeah, the most annoying people you know. Yeah, pretty much. There's some angry... There's some angry uh, minivan chat between uh, Niobe and Roland, which is also a yeah. type of gun. I had to Google that yeah. one. Um, uh, because Neo realizes that he needs a ship and Niobe opts to give, uh, him and Trinity her ship, the Logos, uh, which in Latin means logic or reason, uh, for them to take to the machine city because Neo has decided it's time to visit the source. Well, isn't that what, um, the Oracle told them to do? Um, yes and Did no. Imply it, maybe. Also, is it, wait, so is the source the hallway of doors where you find the architect, or is the source the city of the machine? Uh, the, the source would be, like, the actual machine city. Oh. 
in the real world. But I guess in when the real Neo, world, well, I guess yeah. When Neo's going to see the architect, he is plugged into something that is physically located in the Machine City. I guess. Uh, well, no, because he's physically plugged into the real world, uh, in the Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, when he sees yeah, but the he's architect. accessing he's accessing the matrix. He's accessing like right. Yeah, they're hijacked in on a on a, on a frequency, so but I they're not the in the machine drive, city. The hard drive that houses the architect, I imagine, is located in the machine city. <laughs> that's fair. Imagine, yeah, like oh, the old architect is probably just on a floppy disk. Like that's his entire like being. <laughs> but it's like an eight and a half inch floppy. Yeah. It's like one of the big ones. Yeah. He's on a reel to reel. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um absolutely there marvelous. It's a computer that sings Daisy Bell from IBM. Oh my god, incredible. Uh it's a it's a it's a Babbage uh, adding machine. Yes. <laughs> the Matrix 1.0 is an abacus. Um Yeah. <laughs> Abacus is a great Matrix character name. Oh my god, you're right. Wow, okay, we can just populate our own uh, Matrix. Uh, is is that going to be an ongoing... Let's make that an ongoing project for the podcast, where we populate our own Matrix, Matrix ship. cast, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah, let's uh, do it. Um, Abacus, is Abacus the captain? No, I think Abacus would be, like, the tech guy. Abacus would be, like, the the... Captain, okay. uh, according to All my right. calculations, okay. uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. So we'll fill out the rest of the crew later. Um, yeah. So, but yes. So the the plot as it goes for literally the rest of the movie is Morpheus, um, Niobe, and that crew all have to go back to Zion. The people that are already in Zion have to shoot a bunch of guns at a bunch of robots, and Neo and Trinity have to fly to the Machine City. Those are the three plot lines that we have to follow for the rest of the movie. Yeah, and really only one of those is a plot line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, I think, because of the way this movie is structured, is why I end up loving it so much, because we really do spend the back 45 minutes with just neo essentially at the cost of having to spend the middle 45 minutes with no one that we really know yeah it's it's a little rough so i actually did take a little bit of a stopwatch to this movie uh and i was texting you about it the other night so i'm just gonna use that as my notes um so the way the rest of this movie breaks down is First off, Neo and Trinity have to fight off Bane, who's the the, yes. the obviously Smith bad guy. Yeah, well, is... and it's obviously Smith, though. Huge credit, huge, huge, huge fucking credit to the ability to, like, it really does feel like uh, Bane is possessed by the spirit of, uh, of, of, um... Of of Smith, you know, <laughs> of uh, he, Hugo Weaving. He is very he is very legitimately doing an incredible Agent Smith impression. I have to say, his his, uh, his name is Ian Bliss, Australian actor. Uh, there it is. And yeah, he's does a fantastic Hugo Weaving. Like even his eyebrows kind of arch in the way that Hugo Weaving's uh, do as Smith. 
Uh, it's it's just fantastic to the point where Ugh. like his performance is almost too good to the point where Neo seems stupid for not recognizing the Smith in him. Yeah, until right. For, it's for like so <laughs> on the nose. Um, wow. Okay. His Ian Bliss, his IMDb profile picture is him giving a big old thumbs up and a cheesy grin from the release of this movie. Uh oh. <laughs> uh, uh, oh known God. for The Matrix Reloaded, The Matrix Revolutions, Stealth from 2005, oh goodness, and Superman Returns. He really gets to shine. I mean, in the in Reloaded, he just kind of acts kind of ominous. And in this one, just even that scene with the hot doctor where he's just saying, like, what if I blew the EMP? You know, like, he's, he's getting very unhinged. Um... Unfortunately, oh, yeah. he does kill the hot doctor. Uh, very sad. He does kill. He does kill Maggie. R.I.P. We hardly knew ye. Hardly knew ye. Uh, um, but he. Uh, no, he's he's amazing, and it's like imagine that terror of like somebody that you barely know knows your dead name, like you're just call, calling. Oh Mr. my god! I hadn't thought of it like that. Oh my fuck! Oh, but shit. yeah, it's like that. It's weird that the first time he says it, that he doesn't eat, that Neo doesn't put it together. Oh my god, that's oh god, I hate that. You're right. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. I saw a fucking road sign earlier today with my dead name on it, and I had a brief moment where I'm like, Yeah, why does the street know my what's happening? Yeah. It's scary. Um and yeah, so he he has to he has to fight off Bane. Uh, with Trinity while they're they're flying toward the Machine City because I guess he he stowed away right in the ship. Yeah, he stowed away on the logos and he waited until um uh the hammer took off, uh piloted by Niobe, uh the divergence of the three storylines, um storylines the, the, yes. the storyline and the two uh distractions. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know what? Let's circle. That's going to be the most exciting part of talking about this movie, like just the this the, the Neo Smith Trinity storyline. So, let's bypass that real fast and talk about the other two fucking storylines which the we're going to get out of the way inside of like 5 minutes. The Matrix Revolutions is like a, a a sandwich where like the meat and and the and the jam and the stuff inside is like the best stuff you've ever had and then the pieces of bread are like the thickest, driest like stiffest pieces of bread you've ever had and they're bland it's like wonder bread yeah yeah um yeah like uh uh, yeah so just based on the stopwatch that i took to this movie the loose stopwatch the battle for zion begins at minute 58 the emp ending the battle of zion detonates at an hour 21 and we cut back to Neo and Trinity at an hour 25 and we're basically with them for the rest of the two hours uh, minus the eight minutes of credits. So well, we do have to, we do the whole in with, boring with, uh, middle chunk of. Oh, wait, one more time. Sorry. I was just going to say, we do briefly, we have, we check in with Smith, like Smith, Smith, amassing more power in the matrix, right? Like at some point during, we get like, yeah, we get like a two minute break, uh, um, leading into that where, uh, the Oracle is ambushed, uh, by and Smith, the Oracle uh, and yeah, he ambushes Sati and... in the in the film. It's honestly one of my favorite scenes. Where really Smith, yeah, Smith, like bursting into the Oracle's you know idyllic like apartment that we saw from the first movie, and saying just 
Right. Great and powerful Oracle. We need it last. Using, again, those Wizard of Oz analogies like what Cypher used. Um, and of course, uh, I guess they're allowed to use it. But um, Oh, my God. And he's in the Emerald City. Oh, shit. Yeah, shit, he is. Then there's the, the great line, uh, you are a bastard. You would know, Mom. Oh. You know, the, the architect is the father of the Matrix. The Oracle is the mother, as established and reloaded. Um, and then uh, she sends out Sati, and then Smith comes in, and then another Smith comes in, and uh, <laughs> she says, what have you done with Sati? And the Smith says, cookies need love like everything does, which is exactly what she told her earlier, and it's that moment of realization that he got her. Uh, he he amassed her into his <sighs> army of himself. And then topped off with the iconic laugh and the iconic Smith face when he makes that evil laugh after God he almighty, please post that to the social post that face to the social medias w- for this episode. Yes, if you had me when I, I wanna... realized there's a new episode of the podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> he goes the full bug eyes and the sunglasses come off and the, the slow build of the laugh. Yeah. I need to I need to rip that into its own MP3. I'm gonna download that like right fucking now. Yeah. Holy shit! Um, uh. Then we, we <laughs> check back at the the humans are pre- of Zion are preparing for battle, and who else worms his way back into the movie but fucking kid? Ugh, kid, kid. Yeah, let's so, talk about the Battle of Zion for a hot minute yeah. because there's really not much going on in storyline c there's this vague character arc between kid and who is the commander Locke. uh not Locke mifune mifune okay. is the cool guy Locke is the bastard no but isn't Locke um, the one who is like uh yelling at kid where he basically there's this really fucking cringe moment where uh the commander says uh how old are you kid and he says 18 sir and he says could have told me 16. I'd have believed that. You're too young. Get out of here. It's like when he looks like he's 25. Yeah. No, yeah. He would not yeah. pass for 18 or 16. Yeah. You really can't suspend the disbelief enough for that one there. It's and like, Mouse, I don't... like the guy who played Mouse had that youthful look in the first. He movie. really did. Yeah. I, just, I, just um, uh, uh, I don't want to fault the guy. Because he's just playing the the script that he was it's given. A, it's a real lapse in casting decision. Yeah, yeah, it's rough. Um, but yeah, there's that whole thing. But that is Captain Mifune, um, because I quite like that dude. Uh, uh, let me pull Jason up. Weston, w- Watson, who was who played Kid, was born in 1977. Right. So he was what? Over like yeah, he was about 25, right? When when uh twenty five twenty six yeah yeah but yeah then we get the battle itself which again I'm realizing it is cool objectively cool <laughs> um and I I can't fault it for that you know that's and and also you know minus some bits of the the f- fight that Neo has you know at the climax of the film. The CG, because it's all, you know, these these big machinery, it, it doesn't have that weird rubberiness that a lot of the fights in Reloaded do that are like that hand-to-hand combat. 
Yeah, so we're lacking a lot in this fight sequence, and because it is basically a 20-minute fight sequence, we're lacking a lot of Matrix. What what when you say well, Matrix, you world, think it's of literally not the Matrix. Yeah, right? exactly. So we're not gonna get bullet time. We're not gonna get like crazy kung fu uh uh slow-mo wire work because yeah, yeah. it's the real world. Yeah. Um which is a bold choice to make 20 minutes featuring largely characters yeah. you mean, don't I, care about. Look, I liked the lesbians, but hell if I know their names. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know, right? The lesbians were good. We want more of the lesbians. Damn yeah. it. Um, uh, but yeah, it's like I, I could skip that. And you know what? I'm going to let this play in the background and I'm going to burn a quick episode of Parks and Rec right in the middle yeah. of this movie. And uh, I I won't have missed it is, much. It really is the go to the bathroom, refill your popcorn, like time of the movie. Like yeah, yeah. Like as much as I love the aesthetics of the APUs and the crazy Squid War, um, they're not called APUs in this though, are they? Uh, armored personnel. Armored that, personnel. I thought that units, was a term yes. from. I thought that was a term from. Uh, uh aliens is power loader. Okay, I think I got yeah. them mixed up. Yeah, uh, the 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 gun things in Avatar, the bad one. Yes, gun. Yes, and uh, as opposed to the good Avatar, the Last Airbender, which notably um, does not have guns. Amplified mobility platform is what they're called in the world of the shitty uh, Avatar. Uh, uh-huh. So AMP, so APU AMP. Power loader. Let's call the whole thing off. Yeah, they're fucking. They're Tomato. fucking necks. Yeah, <laughs> they're the getaway from her. You bitch machines. <laughs> God, is it bad that out of anything, I want Ripley's sneakers from that movie so bad. She's got these wicked like knee high Reeboks. Oh, it's wow. just like amazing. Um, you can buy them on eBay for thousands of dollars. I mean. There's a lot of anyway. girls who make a career out of that. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah. Um, and during the Battle of Zion, we're getting cross-cutting to uh, Niobe piloting... Niobe? Wow. Piloting the hammer through the access tunnels to Zion. Which was and for we what finally get again? The, uh... <laughs> Because they needed to get an EMP back to Zion to fend off the machines. Ah. Um, because, oh, oh, because the reasoning for that is because Bane blew an EMP early and knocked out literally all of the other ships. So only oh, the hammer. Okay. Yeah, right. exactly. Which is, it's cute that it's named the Mjolnir because it was cast away from Zion. And then its final act was to return to Zion and blow a big electrical discharge. So that's kind of cute. That's kind of cute. Speaking of those non-Abrahamic religions, we're getting some Norse shit in there. Damn it. That's true. That's true. Uh, (laughs) Another thing that the Battle of Zion made me think about is why isn't there a Matrix theme park ride? (laughs) I think it would be like a great, like, you know, addition to, I guess, Universal or something like it would fit right in. I think you could go. Especially just when they're flying through the machine city later, even like a motion simulator, 
through the world of the matrix or something like i just it's it just seems so ripe for for a thrill ride of some kind that would make sense i mean shit i could see like a star tours ride thing being made out of like the interior of the nebuchadnezzar where you're being chased by sentinels and shit so Mm -hmm. But yeah, then obviously I could see part that. of the ride would you would definitely want to have part of the ride take you into the matrix. So you would want oh, to obviously. incorporate that somehow. But um uh <laughs> one of our crew members is just really obsessed with like theme park tycoon games. Um Yeah, well, I mean, hey, I'm 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 down to play armchair imagineer <laughs> here, you know. That can be its own episode. We should get a defunct land going on the Matrix. Um, yes. The Matrix 1.0. What happened to it? Oh, yeah. Um, there's probably somebody, yeah, there's probably a machine in the Machine <laughs> City that just does that. Uh, yeah. Architect, the archivist. Michael Eisner. <laughs> oh, God. Hello, That's Neo. I'm show. Michael Eisner. Um, <laughs> Christ. We tried to buy you. You old white um, bastard. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the Battle of Zion. It looks cool. It doesn't progress the story. Because by this point, the sad truth is of the story, by this point, we know that Zion has been destroyed and rebuilt five times already. Mm-hmm. So the machines are literally just going through the motions. They know it's inevitable. It's also that just, the humans will all such, it's not a it's just not a visually interesting battle other than like the machines themselves and and you know human and machine are are cool but as far as the i guess lack of a better word choreography of the battle or the yeah it's a lot battle, of gray it's, it's a lot of gray yeah, on gray and, on and orange that, explosions and if you were to think of it as like mapping out like a football game it's just there's a big hole in the ceiling mm-hmm. that they drilled that they're all coming through that one hole we got a blast at that hole. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. It's, now, to there's be fair, cool, like, a little later on, design, there's a second know, hole. Huh. A second sentinel. Yeah, exactly. The... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it feels kind of anticlimactic for what it is. And we finally get the big payoff on the big fucking doors. Oh, God. That's, that oh, were set up my. like crazy in the uh-huh. previous movie. Yeah, Neo, I believe. And it's like, oh, please don't. God, please. Oh, God. Why couldn't he um, have sacrificed himself? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, hooray, it's the day is saved. Wait, the day isn't saved because the machines are just going to come back. Quick, everybody early. retreat to the caves. Cranky, yeah. cranky, cranky. Uh, I believe in Neo. And then we cut to Neo and Trinity. Well, and Bane still. I mean, we haven't dispatched Bane yet because... I mean, but that's uh, where we're rejoining Neo and Trinity because that's like the end of the battle for Zion. That's like, is there anything else to the rest of the movie besides like the denouement after the Neo-Trinity-Smith storyline? I guess not. Nope. Yeah, exactly. We're going to go to bed early tonight. Yeah. Uh, Visions of Smith (laughs) dancing in my head. Um, yeah, exactly. So you might as well I, just pull up the PDF of the script that I emailed you I'm and scroll about, all the way down. I, I'm thinking about Bane in relation to the established and then often repeated disdain that Smith has for humanity. 
and it makes the fact that he is encased in Bane's flesh this very interesting kind of irony uh, that that this mm-hmm. is the point that he's at. He is so power hungry that he's stooping to levels that Smith of the first movie would never have even wanted to do. Oh yeah, I mean, if Smith smell. hated the smell of the Matrix, yeah. yeah. God, this some great fucking dialogue though. <laughs> and then you contrast the delivery of those lines with a lot of lines that Smith has later. It's, it's Smith. We're going to have so many Smith episodes, but ultimately we, we really are. Ultimately Bane uh, seals Trinity away in a lower deck of the ship, which mm-hmm. I always think that's kind of bullshit when you have a, a, a girl character who is portrayed as this badass fighter. And then, Oh, well, the main guy character has to do something cool, so we have to dispatch her in some way, you know? Like, yeah, like, he got the drop on her, I guess. Yes. It's a little silly. Um, but then Bane, uh, he, he electrocutes or, or burns uh, Neo's eyes out. Yeah, right? so they start fighting with one of those cool-ass lightning guns, um, and that cuts a bunch of wires open. Was so the there's thing, a that was the live thing that, wire. Uh, was that the thing that killed Cypher in the first movie? Uh, the lightning guns, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, it looks like a fucking Ghostbusters proton pack. It fucking rules. Yeah. <clears throat> it's like a EMP uh, 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 laser gun. It slaps, but there's a live wire next to them as they're fighting. Bane shoves it into Neo's face, and when we see Neo again, he's got his eyeballs burned away. It's kind of an interesting thematic parallel of Merovingian wanted the eyes of the Oracle, and Neo's eyes are gone. I don't know. It's it's that's Mm -hmm. something. There's Mm -hmm. something there. It's also another uh, interesting nod to uh, Norse mythology in that Odin gave up one of his eyes for greater greater wisdom, and now Neo, with his eyes burned away can literally see what's going on around him uh, wasn't there thanks to this training in the first movie or am i making that up um you might be making that up but i don't still, remember you, him you where... still feel the call because that's he does like the come here thing that that morpheus did right uh that gets reused at least once a movie yes um and it rules but you do i feel uh, like even though it, maybe it's not a direct callback you feel the the connection to those training scenes with morpheus with this fight with bane because he's, you do he's doing what you morpheus, really do yeah like I, mean, I got the action figure yeah um he uh i did buy the action figure of real world neo uh from when this movie came out uh because you could pose it on your desk with like they had the matching stand with the sentinel figure it was dope uh but it came with three interchangeable heads like regular keanu reeves burned away empty eye socket keanu reeves and blindfolded keanu reeves it's like why would you make the second head yeah it's an interesting callback i guess as well to why do my eyes hurt because you've never used them why do my eyes yeah exactly they've been burned out of your skull and I absolutely love this because, like I said, it's a it's a call towards uh, uh, Norse mythology. Um, but when we do see ne- uh, uh, from Neo's point of view, from this point out in the yeah. movie, it's like all rendered in like brilliant golds and uh, swirling like fractals and dragon like, spirals. This, this flaming Smith. Well, 
flaming smith obviously he's flaming but we see a, a smith made of fire <laughs> um and he's like he's seeing who bane truly is inside which is yeah so cool. he sees smith wearing yeah. the sunglasses and everything yeah. um i love that that's like uh, uh, I, whatever spirit he's seeing acknowledges that smith's sign cannot be his signature characteristic is the shape <laughs> You know, you got to have the shape. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like that that ties into the concept of residual self-image. Self yeah, that's true. So that's what that's what that Smith this, identifies this, as this the, angry the white man in a suit and sunglasses. He thinks the shades are cool. <laughs> well, that too. The and shades are yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's able right. to defeat um, Bane, I, right? I personally read it as Neo being able to see life. Like, just, like, see the force, as it were. Uh, but, yeah, he's able to defeat Bane. Uh, no, Bane, he, sm he slaps him in the head with a fucking tire iron or whatever the fuck. Um, and you see it from Neo's POV. So you just see Smith's head get blown off his shoulders. Yeah. Um, which, I don't know if... I couldn't quite catch it. I wasn't looking properly. Um but uh, I don't think you can see if Bane's head has been decapitated from his body. But I like the idea that that is representational of Smith's life just going away and emptying out, out of, of his body. body. So yeah. it would like. Yeah, exactly. It would look like his head gets blown away from that. Um, right. And he has the nice little joke about uh, uh, I'm OK, Trinity, but I'm going to need you to drive. Yeah. And then it's like you hear the laugh track Cute. from the studio audience. <laughs> oh, and one more note that I had about the Battle of Zion and I guess the ultimate outcome is that Link survives, which is so weird. To Link me does survive. Reloaded, ha Reloaded has that whole scene of him and his pussy. I mean, his wife. Um, where <laughs> she gives she uh, she gives him like the necklace, right? And then he's like. Like I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be fine. I'm gonna come back, you know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back, and I'm two days from retirement, and I'm get, and then it's like, oh, he, he lives. I could have sworn that was telegraphing him dying. I, okay, sure, great. Yeah. Why not? I mean, Link is cool. Link's really cool. Why not? I love him. I love his character. Yeah, I'm I mean, like he, he's the surprise. comedy character you kill. It's not even that he's comedy it's that he there's genuine like potential relationship angst that you really think they're telegraphing and and then they just don't do it which uh which is cool uh i like it i'm happy for them not mad about it just surprised yeah but i guess he you know where would he be without his pussy <laughs> oh god god almighty that so, fucking line yeah. i'm never gonna i'm never gonna understand it we get, uh, you know, now that Bane's out of the way and Trinity's driving, we can we can head to the Machine City, right? Yep. So uh, I'm scrolling through the script uh, that I've downloaded a PDF of offline. I should make mention that is listed as Goldenrod Revisions, June 27th, 2002. Um, yeah. And there's about several... After the Battle of Zion is more or less over, you just see these lines like omitted 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 and it's all like the battle sequences God. redacted yeah. 
pretty much. It's like, okay, how are we going to put that into a script? You can't. And then we rejoin Neo and Trinity on page uh, 105. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, just sorry, 120 on the PDF. Oh, yeah. The main characters of the movie. Yeah, it's fine. You know. Um, so, but they like I would I respect just the boldness of the choice. I don't know how effective it necessarily is, but I can respect it. And at least the battle looked cool. Yeah, like I said uh, in the last episode, I really respect the audacity of these movies. Yes, completely agree. Uh, completely agree. Because they tr- they truly go against what you'd expect from a just Matrix sequel. Um, yeah, but it really sets the stage with what to expect for the rest of the Wachowskis' careers. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I, uh... Because at this point, it's their fourth movie ever, and three of their four movies have been Matrix movies. True, true. Two of them have had Joey pants. Yeah, kick um, ass. Uh oh, my. F- I this m- maybe my second favorite scene in the whole movie is when... okay. Do tell. Well, they're flying to the Machine City, and I think it's that they they need to get past like the sort of sentries, right? That are kind of guarding the. Oh my God! Yes. Pull up, and they pull all the way up, and then they go through the permanent cloud cover, and for the first time, Trinity sees the sky, like the real sky, the real world the sky, just color for the first time. In these movies, we see color other than the color-graded blues and greens. Yeah, it's just like natural sunlight it's shining through the really, bridge of the... Uh, it's a gorgeous scene. It's gorgeous. It really is. Uh, and we, we get it, to it, see it from the, the one side the movie, sun too, and right? from... Uh, yeah. I mean, we'll get to that. But we'll get, like they, we'll they're just, using almost exclusively... Yeah, yeah. They use exclusively like unnatural artificial lighting throughout these first three movies and then they're filming like sunsets and shit in movie four but this is the first like true natural sunlight we get in any of these movies um um yeah and then after (laughs) i mean do you have any any notes on on the trip to the machine city or the trip into rather uh the the flight to the machine city it looks dope as shit um, I mean, this is I love. Thing the... I think we could do as a ride. Like it would be great. Uh, again, yeah, absolutely. Um, the the flight to to uh to to zero one. Zero one. Yeah. Um, the they Neo and Trinity are following these giant power cables running from the human farms to the main core of the city, which is what so they're saw following. In his vision, right. Right, exactly. So they're following those three lines, and they come upon like almost like a fucking mountain range, and then that mountain range gets up essentially, and it turns out that that there are these giant fucking gunships bordering the machine city, and they look terrifying, and they yep. launch hundreds of thousands of these little fucking sentient flying bombs at them, and yep. it just looks so fucking cool holy Uh, shit but uh we can't have nice things can we because Um, because the 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 ship uh crashes right mm -hmm. the ship uh the ship flies all the way up banking off of a wall of these sentinels that are coming at them uh up over the cloud line beautiful we see the sun and the moon dope 
Uh, we fall back down and then they can't get the ship started again um, because it's been hit by the giant fucking lightning cloud storm layer. Uh, right. They can't get the ship started again in time before the crash. It starts like four seconds beforehand. It smashes into the wall. There's the briefest shot of Trinity actually getting impaled. Like it's very yeah, blink the... and you'll miss it. And it's, you really you don't see it, and then when Neo goes over to her, and she, he's like, "All right, come on, come on, you you're okay. You got we get up." And then she's like, "Nah, I, um, this is where this is where I stop." And then he's like, "What are you talking about?" And he feels down her torso, and then the reveal of the fact that oh. she got impaled multiple times. It's like you can you can like hear even if you're just watching it alone, you can hear the audience just deflating, just going like, "Ah, that's yeah." Like, to me, to me, this is not a good death scene and it's not just because i love trinity it is not unfortunately it just feels cheap i think she goes out like a punk it's yeah she's a victim of the plot unfortunately like i mean they make the joke in uh uh, not to credit blank check too often but like david sims if you're listening please come talk with us about machines um but uh they make the joke like you, Neo's going off essentially to die. You can't have just Trinity waiting in the minivan. It's like I'm waiting for soccer practice to end. Gotta um, keep, the, like, keep, the, keep the car warm. Yeah, exactly. So, like from a plot standpoint, I get why she I has guess. to die. Sucks. And I don't, it's... the dialogue is very emotionally honest. It's no, that just... is the that is the one thing that I do love is that I their love. I love their love, and I love yeah the exactly. Where she's exactly. just like, I, I, I love every moment I've gotten to spend with you. Like, it's so real and genuine. Like, it's enough they make it, they to make get it work, me through it. The circumstances of it, like, just that reveal is just like, God Yeah, damn the fact it. that she can't move, like, they can't move around at all, and they're just laying on the floor. And again, with the sunglasses thing, you can't see Keanu Reeves' eyes, so we can't yeah. tell how hard he's crying. Um, he also makes the most unfortunately funny honking noises just after Trinity dies. It's, it's like Wait. the opposite of a snort laugh. It's painful. I, wanna, I need to get up now. I don't remember it. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I've got like a growing collection of unfortunately funny sounds in terrible things yeah. in movies. There's a bit yeah, in it's... Temple of Doom where Harrison Ford gets punched in the heart and he goes. <laughs> it's, I, I know. Okay, well, this it. one, this one's not a sound <laughs> effect, but you did remind me of Temple of Doom. His oh, the face acting he does when he puts his face against the little hole and he goes, "We are going <laughs> to die," and then he makes this pathetic <laughs> little howdy. <laping. laughs> Just like the ultimate Harrison Ford here, frowny but... face. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like he literally That's makes good. the it's face good. of that emoji with the big pleading eyes. Like, we're in the last fifteen minutes of this movie, and we're less we're like an less than an hour into our record. We're gonna do right. fine. I need to this find recap. the. I need this to find is gonna be our shortest sound. episode ever. I need to find yeah. the honk sound. <laughs> okay. Where is it? I'm it's... looking up on my phone right now. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I'm gonna vamp while you're looking that up. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very emotionally, <laughs> it's very emotionally heartfelt dialogue. It sucks that Trinity can't move. It sucks that he's got the blindfold on. 
um, they kiss and you love them, and that's enough to get me emotionally through it. I understand it's not. Oh, wait, good wait, for wait, most wait, is people. this it? I'm not hearing anything on my end. <laughs> is it that? I did no, not hear a, a darn thing. Hold on. <laughs> yeah! Yeah! He sounds like a velociraptor. It's amazing. Yeah. I gotta make a note to, to lay in a velociraptor noise side by side. Um, yeah. Although one of these YouTube comments does point out from someone named uh, Jack HSU three four five eight says uh, you uh, she meant what she said when confronting the Merovingian that she will die for Neo and I, I I like it conceptually I just think the execution is so sloppy that it's I'm gl- it's one of those things where I'm glad the fourth movie exists <laughs> we'll get into it yes exactly it, but I'm really glad the fourth it. movie did nothing but strengthen my love for these movies um, That's fair. I we 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 were we were talking uh, last weekend um, about like I voiced my my anxiety about rewatching this movie because it'll be the first time since watching it with you back in uh, uh, back in like January, six or eight months ago. Um, and like, I know it's the least liked and I'm like, I know you didn't really like it the first time around. And I'm like, oh, no, no. I, I, have I, I, I been wrong this whole time? Perspective. I think that makes it an interesting podcast going into it. But I also think that. Oh, exactly. The I, hate, I think yeah. the hate for it is overblown uh, when you really, you know, sit down and give it a sh- give it a shot. Um, I think the hate for it is really, as you said, based on the the the, the oddball bullshit cliffhanger yeah. of the previous movie. Yeah. Um, and the and the structure of this. Well, the structure, yeah, just like a whole episode of Parks and Rec. It's great. Um, but Ron Swanson inter- is very take, funny. Take the Neo Trinity stuff. Take the Zion stuff, and just intersperse, just intercut it like a normal movie would with an A plot, B plot, back and forth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Granted, I think it. Yeah, you're probably gonna miss the Neo stuff when it's not on screen, but at least it's not gonna be not on screen for long. Yeah. Um, I think you could make Neo a pretty solid, screen, like... Everyone should be asking, where's Neo? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Um, uh, well, but, we've eaten our uh, vegetables. Yeah. I think it's time for dessert. <laughs> we get the... You're, hey, best, best you're part right. Of the movie. Best goddamn part of the movie. Neo fucking walks up to interact with a giant fucking mechanical baby face. The time baby. The time baby. <laughs> time baby. A character literally named Deus Ex Machina. Yep. Fuck off. Yep. Um. Uh. 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 Just come the fuck on. Um. And and uh. What's the what's this cat named? Uh. Deus. Uh, what's up? Who's credit? Kevin Michael Richardson, voice actor extraordinaire, uh, uh, does the voice of uh, uh, um, Deus Ex Machina, Machina. a giant fucking baby face. I Kevin Michael Um, Richardson is incredible. Um, oh yeah. You don't if you don't know who he is, you should. He's 
Uh, let's see. I mean, where to even start? He's on Gravity Falls quite a few times, though actually not as Time Baby. Um, he's Gantu and Lilo and Stitch. He is on uh, Family Guy and and all that all that stuff. Simpsons. Um, what else did he do? He did a great God, Joker yeah. in the Batman. Uh, oh, really? Series. Yeah. Okay. He's like. He's a rare uh, non-Mark Hamill animated Joker, who I think is, is quite good. Um, I think the uh, Alan Tudyk uh, Joker on the Harley Quinn show is quite good, too, though. But uh, God, anyway. it's, I'm, I'm sad to say he has one of my favorite Joker lines ever, uh, the Alan Tudyk Joker. It's like, where's my electric car, Bruce? Uh, yes, <laughs> where's my damn electric car, uh, Bruce? Just absolutely wonderful. Um, but yeah, um, nah, but, he's but uh, he's, he's a deeply, deeply underrated voice actor, in my my opinion. Um, absolutely. Well, like all voice actors are underrated. But yes, yeah, Kevin Michael but Richardson. Also that, holy shit. Well, it's also that this is something that Charlie and I bring up on our Gravity Falls podcast, that Kevin Michael Richardson, a lot of his the voices that he is recruited for are this kind of silky, deep voice, which he can which he certainly reaches. But then he also voiced uh, uh, Kamek, the little wizard green guy in the in the Super Mario Brothers movie, and that's a voice that sounds like this. So he's got a huge range that he doesn't. Wow, like that is diversity. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So he's underrated in that respect. I also really want to write a song about him because I realized that his the syllables of his name make it perfect to write Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> My name is Kevin <laughs> Do it. So I always Do think it. of that. I always think of it um when when i when i hear his name but yeah we get the deus ex machina and then we get neo's appeal to we have a common enemy you know smith has, has gone rogue and smith. is taking over everyone in the matrix there's going to be nobody left in the matrix uh he's going to take it over he's going to destroy you and he makes a good point but i always that's some of one of the things that rubbed me in a weird way when i watched this movie the first time and i still sometimes think about it but in a in a post uh, Matrix Resurrections world, I think they kind of rectify it in that one for reasons we'll explain later. But it it, it, it always felt strange that because it's essentially you got three factions, right? You got Neo and the humans, mm-hmm. you got Smith uh, working in Smith's own interest, and then you've got the machines. Theoretically, he could appeal to Smith and say, "Let's take the machines down together." I mean, but, yeah. At this point, his are the direct oppressors in this in this scenario. I think it's very. Oh yeah, it's a weird decision to say. Well, surely this will solve solve all the problems, but then the fourth movie happens, and it it it, it all makes well, more yeah, sense. exactly. It, it all makes more sense with the fourth it's, movie. Uh, um, at, 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 this, at this Smith point, in terms are, of like, are, are so thematically connected that it, I, I. Maybe it's just my love for Smith wanting wanted him to to join up with Neo, but uh, I, <laughs> I mean, I completely understand where you're coming from, and as you say, it's it's basically addressed and resolved in the Resurrections. And at this point in the series, like Smith is like just an unchecked computer virus, literally taking over everything. He's desperate for purpose, and his purpose is to take over everything much mm-hmm. like capitalism yeah yeah um yeah um but that of course leads to neo saying uh all he wants is peace yeah. uh and then the deus ex machina plugs him in and, and it's kind of the first get... time we hear 
talking from one of the machines, right? Not a program, but one of the machines themselves. It says like, like an, an actual physical real world machine. Yes. Yeah. Which is a call forward actually to the um, way uh, 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 Vacation Morpheus is uh, yeah, able to access the so. real yeah, world a, in Resurrections. Yeah. Look at that. Hey, same uh, basic technology, but like brought down yeah, in scale. No, I, I, definitely, I definitely picked up on that. Okay, um, cool. I didn't until just now. Oh, no. I mean, now that you're saying it, it is. Okay, good. Okay, good. We're on the same page, at least. That's nice. Um, but no, nah, the, the. Crap. What were we just saying? <laughs> uh, Neo's jacked into the Matrix by getting yes. fully plugged in. Like yes. every single one of his ports is plugged into again. Right. Which makes sense since they're using the stuff that they use on all the humans rather than the stuff that the rebels use to which is just the neck ports yeah yeah since they don't want to do that to their people but the machines are like "Mm, doesn't matter you were plugged in like this before you could take it which means he does get this interesting shot of him like reclining onto this bed of cables yeah yeah oh it's so cool and you were right about um, how he's, And then he's we get the, the greatest in fucking thing, sequence just, in the just, movie. Because when he looks at the machine city, he sees it all lit up, right? Like, Yeah, exactly. He's seeing specifically points of light. Like, he's not seeing clouds in the sky or anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we get, we, he gets plugged in, and it's the best, best scene. Best fucking scene. It's pouring rain in the Matrix City, and all the Smiths are just lined, lined up damn. on the street. And, like, what is it? Like, half of them are, like, dummies, right? And half of them are doubles, or, or they're all okay, dummies? Okay, so... Or, or, or half I of them love... are masks, and half of them are dummies, right? It's it's a one-to-three ratio. So, they hired every single six-foot-two actor with a similar build and proportion to Hugo Weaving in Australia, put them in Hugo Weaving masks that had different expressions on them, happy, angry, neutral, um, (laughs) stuck them all out in the rain and had them stand behind rows and rows and rows and rows and rows of more smith dummies that they could right. then operate a small lever in the back to get the heads to turn all yeah. in sync together so you get that it's sense that it's so alive cool. that it's a live group yeah it's so fucking cool how they did it like obviously for the close-ups they're using like cgi and like compositing to just put in a bunch of hugo weavings but for those big wide shots that's just shitloads of people and dummies ah it's the yeah. best. And it's like you can you can basically hear like the western confrontation showdown music to with them just walking down the street facing uh the main smith. Uh who Yes, one drew... one smith that looks exactly like all of the other smiths walks out of the crowd. Well, but it's we get clued in as to which smith this is when Neo says this ends here, and the Smith says, I know it does. I've seen it. So we know that this is the Smith that used to be the Oracle. Yes, exactly. Um, and then he says, that's why the rest of me is just going to watch the show, and it's just going to be a one-on-one fight, which I think is a very smart decision, because as fun as the Burly Brawl was, it's a lot 
more raw to have it just be this one-on-one very dragon ball-esque fight i believe yeah oh my god everything about this fucking fight rules it kicks off with like best part of the movie yeah oh easily easily it helps that it's at the very tail end of the movie so you like you leave it on the high note um but uh jesus christ this this fucking fight sequence slaps so it starts off with a fucking soundtrack which i'm just gonna read a little of here but they're using uh 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 scripture from uh the upanishads um if i'm saying that correctly i hope i am um, I unfortunately do not uh, know. Uh, better, but, but the lyrics are them. all in. Yeah, the lyrics are all in Sanskrit. Let me pull up the translation just to get it read correctly. But the lyrics are, you know, the Asatoma Sadgo Maya stuff. That is. Um, from the unreal, lead me to the real. From the darkness, lead me to the light. From death, lead me to immortality. And it goes on and on with these, like, badass scripture verses about, like, uh, uh, the one and cycles and peace and power. And we're going to do, like, I'm going to read out all the lyrics on a later episode. But, like, the yeah. soundtrack is going fucking bug nuts. The rain is coming down so fucking hard. To the point where the actors aren't even... That's not their hair. That's not even wigs. That is rock-solid hair pieces that they had to fabricate wow. so that it wouldn't get messed up by the heavy raindrops. Isn't it um, that, and isn't it that some shots of the rain are the digital rain? Or some, some so, segments uh, of the rain? I was paying really close attention to it this time around. There all are certain wide shots in the slow-mo where the rain, like, has been interrupted in its fall and it, like resumes falling after that like right. big so air I bubble guess I imagine burst that when you're looking at it in 4k you can see it pretty clearly yes i did snag a few pictures of it off of my big 4k uh, screen but it's very challenging to photograph mm -hmm. so um but yeah you can actually see matrix code in the rain because the matrix is literally falling apart because smith controlling everybody is unsustainable yeah um and they just punch each other at crazy high speeds. Smith can fly now. We're very... <laughs> they fly now? They fly now? God damn they it. They fly now. Yeah, because I guess that was the one thing that got Neo the victory in the Burly Brawl, was that he was able yeah, to Yeah, he could away get away. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, But yeah, like, what I said about there being less rubbery CG this time is true, except for, like when it's used for that really fucking cool slow motion punch really effectively, I think. Cause then you see like all the, the way that Smith's face like folds when it, when it, it ripples, when Neo punches it, you see the impact. Yeah. Like so cool. after, like when they're in the crater after the main fight, um, like I know I said that the battle of Zion is cool, but that was, that was me just trying to find something nice to say about it or not say anything at all. But this is fucking cool. Like, <laughs> you get all sorts of different types of fights within the fight sequence too yeah they're thrown around each other in the air smith throws neo into a building yep uh, um uh um where they slam into one another we get some of the coolest dialogue in the movie um which it's uh uh 
God, where is it? It's, um, I was repeating it to myself all day at work today. Can you feel it, Mr. Anderson? Closing in on you? Oh, mm-hmm. I can. Because as the Oracle, um, he has he has had a vision of, of this moment, and now it's just he's just following the script essentially, which is ironic because Smith's whole thing was he freed himself from the programming, and now here he is following Destiny's programming in a way. Yeah, which will be exactly. Um, he does gonna, not yet understand just be that us for the Smith episodes. All, all he wants to do is destroy Neo, but he does not yet understand that to destroy Neo is to destroy himself. Mm. So, uh oh, um, and you can't have a zero without you can't have a one without a zero. You can't have a yeah. zero without a one. I even saw it. Um, <laughs> we haven't gotten to two yet. Yeah, don't worry. Two's the not Matrix still. itself is still in its binary phase. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, 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 as far as social justice warrioring goes, um, the, uh, God, though, the, even the fight, more than the fight rules. itself, though, my favorite, <clears throat> favorite, favorite scene in this movie is the culmination of the fight when they're in that, like, pit that they form under, on, yes. under the street. And yeah, it's, so Smith's undoing is such a good contrast to the smith that we knew from the first movie that was developed through the second oh my god yes smith's whole thing in the first is his whole speech even when he's talking about how much he hates humanity in the matrix is so eerily calm and and collected that when he's here and again without the shades uh notably we see his eyeballs that at least i think so right Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The the, yeah. the glasses were knocked off during the uh the indoor yeah. part of the fight sequence. And that yeah, so that he's Hugo Weaving is giving it his all to portray a version of Smith that is just at his wits and not understanding like he says is why why do you continue to fight? Why do you get back up? Yeah. He doesn't not understand why do you do it? Mr. Anderson Yeah, it's it's what do you fight for? Like and the way he just the way he delivers lines like do you like, can you tell me what it is? Do you even know? Like, the, the rage in it. And it still feels like Smith. It doesn't feel like a different character, but the way he says, like, it's all as artificial as the Matrix itself, although only a human mind could invent something as insipid as love. Like, the way he's just spitting on everything that Neo is standing for, uh, and, and he's so certain that he's about to win, but he still can't get over the illogic of why Neo is continuing to fight. He is literally standing on oh, the precipice God. of victory and he's still getting pissed off that he just doesn't get it. it he's fucking... absorbed more humanity than any program ever has or ever will. And he still doesn't understand. And that's driving him insane. God, it fucking... Smith fucking rules. I'm so excited to just dedicate whole episodes to that fucker. Yeah, um... and... Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the best best i mean did you have anything else to say about about those moments or i mean i feel like i could do an entire episode just into neo dameron this fight sequence itself neo dameron uh so i i should mention i call it neo dameron because that's the name the main part of the fight sequence the big action asato masad gomaya all that it's called Neo Damarung on the soundtrack, which is a reference to Gotter Damarung, Twilight of the Gods, 
which is part of a uh, operatic uh, the the ring cycle. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. So it's Neo Dameron, God or Dameron, Twilight of the Gods, Twilight of the yeah. Neo. Yeah. Um, which makes sense. And, um, yeah. Twilight and the space. main uh, the main musical themes are repeated for uh, Navras, which is the end closing credits musical sequence. Um, but yeah, just Smith and his breakdown, his complete breakdown of his character here. Um, really, uh, it ending with uh, uh, Neo fights back a little more and then allows Smith to smithify him. Yep, and uh, I love that that nod of just like, is it over? And the other Smith just nods. He's like, yeah. And then, but I th- is it before that or after that that he? I guess it is after that that he's uh, he's saying like, wait. I know this part because it, it was in his vision as the Oracle with the Oracle powers. Yes. And I, there's something like, it's the same. It's be, it's before me. he smithifies Neo. Yeah. Um, you were laying right there, about, just like that. Yeah. It's the same thing that grabs me about uh, in, this may be a reach, but like in uh, Infinity War, the idea that uh, when everyone gets snapped away by Thanos, no one sees it coming except Spider-Man. Uh, his spider sense is like going nuts which is why he says I don't feel mm-hmm. so good and it's like when you know that something is about to happen and it's like you can't stop it and you you just feel it and and, and then it happens and you don't necessarily know the outcome and it's the, it's the same thing with Smith where he says like yes you're you stand there and I stand here right here and I'm supposed to say something and it's that line that uh, that the Oracle said that you were talking about. The tagline of the right. movie. Uh, so, uh, everything that has a beginning has an end, Neo. Um, yeah. Which is interesting uh, because in the Smith... In, it, it's, it's undoing. He calls him Neo. Fucking amazing. First- I should mention in the script that I'm looking at here, he goes on to say, don't be afraid, Neo. And that's when he calls him Neo. So I'm wondering why they cut that line out. But in the movie itself... Everything that has a beginning has an end, Neo. I think it's it's more effective as just one sentence, I guess. Yeah, I kind of like the "Don't be afraid," though. That's just yeah, me. It's, but it's yes, a little more. It, adds uh, it more fucking slaps. No, and he then uses the fact his that he real fucking realize, name. He doesn't even realize what he said. He's like, "What? What did I just say?" Like, it's so good. And and then you see the fear for the first time. Yeah. Agent Smith is afraid. Yep. Ah. Yep. Uh, because now he doesn't know what's happening. He has no roadmap. He has yeah. No... He's convinced it's a trick. And... It's the same reason that I love like like characters like Bill Cipher in Gravity Falls, where like he has this nigh omnipotence or, or or like ability to see everything, but not quite. So there's elements that he thinks he knows everything because he is so overconfident, but he can really only see part of the story. Right. And and it's oh, um... it's so good. And then he. It's he smithifies Neo, and then he right? smiths Neo. Yep, <laughs> gets smithed. Um, he gets smithed. Uh, he asks the new Smith if it's over. The new Smith smiles and then explodes. <laughs> Much like how Neo uh, went inside and blew up Smith in the first movie, right? Um, yeah, more or less. I think the idea is that. Uh, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and there's several different reads you could take to it. Um, you could read it as the balancing of the equation. Um, 
Smith was trying to solve for X, but instead he realized that zero equals zero and you can't, there's nothing can be gained from that. Um, there's no more balancing of the scales. It's all just Smith now can't yeah. sustain itself. Uh, or you can also see it as Neo having absorbed Smith's code. Now the main computer access has access to Smith's code and can destroy him from the inside True. out. You can also see uh, it as because Neo entering Smith was what gave him this freedom. Him, him entering Neo undoes whatever happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like a reversal of fates almost. Um, uh, or even like when you have you know two magnets and you try to push two of the same ends together. And oh, then they okay, out. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, he fucking explodes. And then Neo out in the real world, you see him kind of explode with light, which well, is he becomes he becomes a giant crucifix. <sighs> like you see the light okay. emanate from him. In a I very pointed this out when we watched it in 4K together. You can clearly see it in 4K because you see it basically from Neo vision. You see the fractals exploding out from that one center point of light. But in yeah, yeah, in yeah, in everything else except for the highest definition, it just looks like a straight up crucifix, which yeah. is a little on the nose. Yeah, but not um, too on the nose for the Wachowskis. Well, I mean that is fair. I know directors that dabble in uh, subtlety, and they're cowards. Yes. Um. But uh, yeah, shit. Every uh, everything so fucking explodes. All the Smiths explode with light. Um, and now there's just the Oracle's body lying in the crater where Smith yep. was. Yep. Um, I love just the idea that she was like possessed and, and laying low under Smith, but she was still there kind of pulling the strings the whole time. Yeah. You can't completely erase that programming, really, I guess. Well, because she's too central to the Matrix. That's why when they caught her aiding Revels, they they didn't destroy her because they probably yeah. couldn't. Yeah, that makes sense. That's fair. Um, yeah. So then the machines fuck off. The Sentinels fuck off from Zion. Yeah, for how slowly paced the actual battle in most of this movie is, it's very merciful to the viewer after this climax. The Denouement is like nothing. Like it's so fast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's very like, okay, the Death Star is gone, get your medals, get out the door. Yeah, um, yep. we, we We get a brief scene with the humans accepting peace, and we have to endure a little more kid, and then we see mm. Morpheus being like, thank you, Neo. Um, and does, does he and Niobe, and, like, do they make up? Yep, or I guess they hook back up, because she sinks into his arms. He didn't really and show her up break into... up with, uh, with Locke, though, did they? Yeah, that's going to be fun later on it for was, him. It was Locke, right? There's so many fucking It was Locke, yeah. 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 Um, um, yeah, that's, and damn. then Morpheus gets one of his only moments in the film, which is just celebrating yep. with everybody. and Not even celebrating, uh, just see, looking up. We see the, the machines all kind of lift Neo's corpse, because this... To just kill them yep. to, to go in there and defeat They put Smith. them onto the back of a uh, flatbed triceratops machine, which looks so cool they, they, as they, hell. They, they smack the back of the truck twice, like, all right, get them out of here. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Load it up. Let's go. Load it up. 
Uh, we don't see Trinity again at all. We don't see her body. Um, nope. Nope. Um, and then we cut to inside of the Matrix one final time, where the green yeah, filter it, has been lifted. Now yep. we get much more natural sunlight. We see uh, the Oracle, very you know, Forrest Gump esque uh, park bench, um, <laughs> sitting on a park bench. You know, uh, approached by the architect. Yeah, with his finger. Uh, they have. God Almighty! It really is kind of rough to escape the uh, Colonel Sanders of it all, yeah. isn't it? Um, but yeah, they have a brief exchange. Uh, the humans who want to be freed will be freed. Uh, how long can this truce last? As long as it can. Um, yep. And then, uh, yeah. Sati Architect fucks off. Well, right? Sati shows up. Yeah. Um, she does, or we see the sky appear and then says, uh, the Oracle says, did you make that? And she's like, yeah, I made it. Uh, the su- it's a sunrise. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I believe the first time we see the sun in the matrix as well. Yeah. Aww. So it's just her and the Seraph and Sati, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And the cat. We see the cat, and, right? Uh, we, see, we see the cat. We do the, see uh, the cat. We get the call yeah, back to the Matrix the, the resetting deja via Deja yeah. Vu, yeah. yeah. Which I really liked. That was a nice, quiet moment. And it's a nice, it is a nice, quiet moment of just those three characters kind of pondering, uh, you know, yeah. how everything, everything and, happened. Uh, and Sati apparently made the suns. Neo would have loved yeah. Neo would have loved it, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, just, Sati made the sun telling, rise. It's, it's very telling that this movie ends on a shot of none of the main characters because <laughs> they're all either yeah, dead or useless. that's that's unfortunate for storytelling overall yeah but it ends yeah. with will we ever see neo again i don't know but i believe mm. sunrise credits Asato Masan Gomaya. i it's think just, the fact that they, yeah. the fact that they let this it's, movie end with the main character dead and we didn't let little shop of horrors end with the main characters dead is an act of cowardice on <laughs> that's an excellent point um but yeah and uh with the exception of all of the other peripheral media that's the last we saw of the matrix for 18 years yep yeah well other than in film right well in on the big screen yes yeah Oh, wow. Yeah, what a movie. Uh, but, a movie. uh, it's, it's, um, yeah, title it's one? a shorter episode this time around. Sorry. What are we, what are we going to title this one? Uh, that was, I was going to ask you, it's like, I mean, it's, uh, the matrix reloaded is a very horny movie. I had the matrix revolutions is the third movie. Yes. Is a very, the third movie <laughs> is a very third movie. Yes. No, um, I think that's it. I think that's it. I think that encapsulates everything. <laughs> that it just feels a, a like a giant third act. You, hey, you're not wrong. Perfect. Let me write that down. And it comes down, with so all of remember. the upsides and downsides of that. Because third acts, you know, they can be exciting and pulse pounding and emotional and, and heavy. But they can also, you know, they can be these long, drawn out battles. And, and you kind of just, <laughs> you're trying to check in your watch at that point. So it, it, it emphasizes the good and the bad of the third act as a concept, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
Huh. It's still my favorite though of the three. And Damn I res- and and now like I do I think if you had told me that the first time I watched this movie I wouldn't have understood at all. And now I get it. You know, I might not agree but I get it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it. like you said, it cannot exist on its own merits, but my God, I love it anyway. But the um, merits that it has it, it are, says, are, are still really interesting. Like, the stuff with, with Sati is I really mean, interesting. The stuff with Smith is really interesting. And Neo, um, it's just that's that just feels like so little of it in, the, in looking at it, it all. It really does, out. unfortunately. Uh, I'm such a slut for the AI implications of it all and the science fiction horse shit. Um, yeah. yeah. But... Uh, do we have uh, anything else that we wanted to add before we? No, I mean, d- I kind of, I kind of sh- got to get back to my to my shift as a power plant operations manager for uh, recycling <laughs> operations. But <laughs> I, I have to, I have to uh, uh, keep welding together these seams on uh, the murder hut. Um, <laughs> Later renamed the mystery shack. Yes, uh, but uh, what are we covering next time? That's actually a great question. Uh, I'm yeah, because not uh, sure what this, we want I, to cover next time. The format so far has been the three movies, and we're at the end of the three movies. Um, I think we talked briefly about covering next the Animatrix. True. Uh, I know that was... in my list, my list has Smith as the next episode, which might make sense just because we're so damn excited about Smith. Unless you wanted to save that for after, uh, after Resurrections. Hmm. Because there is obviously. More I feel like because stuff. we're going to do multiple episodes on Smith, we could do a pre like, and post. Yeah. We're not going to no, do. You're right. Yeah, I don't want to do resurrections just yet because for as I far agree. as the Wachowskis go, yeah, yeah, um, it, they made these four movies, the three movies back to back, and then they had a whole other career, and then they broke up essentially, and then resurrections happened. Um, so I really like what the I idea have, of dealing with these movies on their own terms. What I have listed after these in this in the order that I have them, we have Smith, we have an episode about Asimov and AI and, and robot uprisings in general, and then mm. we have uh, Animatrix recap, then we have the commentaries, uh, and then we could also in, at some point in there throw in the Matrix Revisited documentary. About the that's not a bad idea absolutely i think that yeah. would make sense to shed light on the wachowski's career ahead of resurrections absolutely down the line i would like to maybe not as their individual episodes but i would like to delve into the rest of their filmography a little bit more yeah as i mean well. we definitely i know we have planned jupiter ascending uh with charlie um oh definitely and maybe speed racer <laughs> oh oh have you seen speed racer i yes. forget Okay, that movie fucking rules. Uh, So, yes, absolutely. We're doing a speed racer. Um, uh, We could throw V for Vendetta in there for funsies, if you like. Uh, But, uh, yeah, we got a lot to cover. Um, You know what? Let's decide later what we want to talk about. I'm kind of game to talk Smith. I'm game to talk Animatrix. Let's let's make it a surprise. Purpose that drives us. And our purpose is talking about the Matrix. But so, our purpose in this episode has been uh, fulfilled. That it has been. Uh, now, do you have minute. anything I've, you want to plug? I've seen this Uh-oh. part. I've seen this part. <laughs> you're supposed to sit here, and you, the listener, you sit there, right there. And I say something. I say, I say, you can find me at Drawn Without Ref <laughs> on, on on Instagram and whatever Twitter is now, and. 
ellachesery.weebly.com. You can check out my other podcast, the completed Mystery Shack Look Back and the uh, hopefully soon-to-be-completed Garden Wall Recall miniseries about Gravity Falls and Over the Garden Wall, respectively. Uh, well, if you're in the uh, Philadelphia area, I'm, I'm going to be in a musical soon, uh, so check my, my page for info about that. Uh, gosh, what else? I mean, what, what about you, Hope? I, I, I don't know why I had all that in my Oracle vision, but... <laughs> that's what it was. Uh, uh, well, uh, uh, I don't have the gift of presence, unfortunately, but uh, I can tell you that you can usually find me at Hope Lickner on most forms of social media, whatever they are anymore. Uh, find me, I guess. Um, and I also do another show called Duck Takes, high on cartoons. <laughs> With uh, my partner and good, good friend Bex, uh, we talk about the 2017 DuckTales uh we actually uh this episode is coming out like this week but uh, we actually just had a very special guest on who will not appear on that show for like a month and a half just given Ooh, our i wonder schedule. who it could be who mystery indeed um but uh yeah you can find me there and uh otherwise i think that's about everything yeah, and you can find this podcast on uh, Zencaster or wherever you get your fine podcasts. Uh, the Matrix yep. Reclamations, a queer fan cast, and uh, yeah, I guess I guess that's about it. We got to. And uh, shall our, we do our sign off? Uh, all right, you you do it, and then I'll I'll, I'll do the punchline. <laughs> oh no, there's a punchline. All right, so uh, I guess love is the genesis of everything. Only a human mind could invent something as insipid as love. Oh god, we just talked about it, and I completely... Son of a bitch. Perfect. (laughs) Goodbye.